pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 198. Today I'm going to chat with Ryan Morrison from Safe Holsters, discuss the ruling in Miller versus Benita, highlight the observed details of the ATF's proposed rule on braces, and talk about a shockingly expensive chicken nugget. And if I could just say the word absurd, absurd, there we go, absurd. It's been a hell of a week. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I got my coffee and I am ready to go. That's funny because I have my coffee as well. (laughs) And it's only noon here (laughs) and I still have my coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I had a really kind of a nice surprise right before the show. UPS dropped a box off at my door and it says plants. OMG, I thought I was over this. What did I order? Because I'm pretty sure I told myself I was not going to be getting any more plants. I don't want to take care of anything. I've been getting rid of some of my plants. And what the hell is this? And kind of angrily open it. It better not be a plant that I ordered when I was taking Ambien. And to my surprise, it was actually really pretty flowers. They were sunflowers. And it was from my friend Monica. She goes by Pino and Pistols on Instagram. and. She's actually more of an acquaintance. I don't know her that well, but we met a few months ago and we had a really long car ride. I think it was an hour and a half and we sat next to each other and we were just talking. She asked me why I got into the industry and I told her ultimately it was because my mom passed away and that's kind of what got me in the industry. And then she told me that her mom passed away. The minute you meet somebody who's gone through similar experiences, we both kind of got teary eyed and... I feel like anytime I've ever met somebody who lost their mom, you just immediately feel for them because they're the only ones that know exactly what you've gone through and it sucks. And I would not wish that on anyone. But anyways, she asked me for my address a while back and I gave it to her. And today I ended up getting flowers from her. And on Monday, when the show comes out, (laughs) Ryan, it's a good thing that you're the one who's recording with me. (laughs) So on Monday, when the show comes out, it'll actually be, it'll actually be nine years since my mom passed away. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. Which I don't talk about that much, but it is one of those things where I would never want, I would never want anybody to go through, but. I also want to talk about it just because if anybody's recently lost somebody or they're still going through a hard time, I definitely have my ups and downs, but, and I don't know if I've completely found light at the end of the tunnel, but I would like to say that things do get better. It doesn't get easier, but as long as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. So it's kind of crazy, but Ryan, we're not going to start the show off crying. Uh, I mean, we are. (laughs) Almost wondering what I got myself into here. (laughs) And if anybody's wondering, Ryan happens to be a good friend. He's actually a Patreon, and you've been a Patreon for a while, pretty much since the beginning of the show. I want to say maybe six months in, you became a Patreon, which is... Yeah, when I joined Patreon, it was right about when you were doing the 50 subscriber giveaway, which I actually ended up winning, surprisingly. But yeah, I've been around since before 50 Patreons. Wow, that's crazy. Well, before we get into Seek Holsters and start talking about everything that you're doing, I want to take a quick break real quick and talk about Smith & Wesson. I want to talk about their MP1522s just because you recently, well, not that recently, I guess it's been a little while, but you have a son now. And I'm just wondering, when are you going to start teaching him how to shoot? And obviously, you're probably going to get him either a BB gun or a 22. But the MMP1522, I think, would be perfect just because it's lightweight, it's affordable, it shoots 22s, which let's face it, 22s are not as inexpensive as they used to be, but they're still a lot more affordable than a lot of the other ammo out there. And in addition, it has adjustable stock, so it's great for teaching kids. Like I said, it's lightweight. Little Bobby Jr., I think he definitely needs one. 
And <laughs> well, 22 is great if you can find it on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> That's true. Although I have noticed that they're starting to make a comeback with ammo. I've been noticing it popping up a little bit more and prices are going down slowly. We're not looking at 2019 price and availability, but it is starting to finally catch up a little bit. What? You don't want to keep paying $35 a box for nine mil? Man, $35? Where are you finding it that cheap? <laughs> Good old sportsman's warehouse. <gasps> no, it's funny. The range that I go to, they actually just had a huge stack of ammo and they were selling it by the cases, nine millimeter. And I forget how many rounds were in a case, but ultimately you were paying about $33 per 50 rounds. That's not bad given the times. Yeah. Yeah, it really wasn't. But yeah, 22, I still see it here and there. And lucky for me, I, I've stocked up, so I do have some. So if you decide that you're going to buy Bobby Jr., a little MP1522, I will send you out a box of ammo. Okay? Well, I do have the uh, CMMG bolt conversion for my ARs. But like you said, my ARs are much heavier than he can handle at the moment. So Yeah, I yeah mean, because how old my- is he, two now? A year and a half. Okay. Well, he looks like he's two. He's a little, he's a little butterball. He's a big boy. (laughs) He's a chungus. Yeah. And in the Patreon group, we always joke, he looks so hungry. Get him a taco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he is nothing short of hungry all the time. (laughs) I know. It's pretty funny. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Let's get into talking about your business. This is something fairly recent. It's within the last year that you started. And everybody in the Patreon group knows about you. They've all bought holsters from you. But I thought it would be a good idea to, one, have you on the show just because, hey, you supported me from the beginning. I want to support you. I definitely want to get the word out about your business. But I also thought that it would be a good idea to just kind of explain to people what are some of the ups and downs of starting a business especially a holster company, which no offense, but I feel like they're a dime a dozen. Everybody and their mom is making holsters and also the quality difference because people have no idea. Initially starting out, they just think, oh, a holster is a holster, but there's a huge gap between quality and junk. Yeah, that's a huge thing for me. Yeah. And I have some of your holsters. Everybody who bought from you has said nothing but good things, but I basically threw a bunch of questions at once. So let's just start with the first aspect. The first question was basically, how did you get started and how long ago was this? Oh, about three years ago, I started making holsters for myself because so I was starting to get more and more into guns. I wanted to start getting more and more into training. So I decided like, well, you know, I have all these pistols. I need holsters for them. But initially looking online, I realized, wow, quality holsters are expensive. Yeah. You're really paying for a name on most companies, but man, I, I just couldn't justify it. You know, I just spent you know, $600 on a pistol, you know, a couple hundred dollars on ammo. I don't have a lot of extra funds to go out and actually buy one of these. So I figured, hey, I can buy Kydex, I can buy belt clips. Let's just give this a shot. So you know, my fir- about first year of making holsters, I'm not going to lie, they were pretty just hot trash. Like I, oh man, I Who can't Who cares even if they it. had duct tape on them? <laughs> I mean, you know, anything from the rivets not being in a perfect line to, you know, just the overall shape. I mean, they functioned decently well. They just weren't that great to look at. But then, you know, like with everything, the more you practice, the better it gets. And eventually it got to the point where some people are like, hey, like, where'd you get that holster? Like, oh, I made it myself. So just for a couple of friends, I started making a couple of holsters. And then that blossomed into, oh, so, so and so online wants to buy a holster too. Suddenly my wife is telling me, hey, there's a need here. You need to make a business out of this which I initially didn't realize how many holster companies there were. Going into it. Yeah, especially for Kydex. And then as soon as I started making a business page and then looking at holsters online, my Facebook started getting flooded with advertisements for other holster companies. And you're like, well, that's great. That is awesome. I probably should have done some more research before I decided to invest (laughs) everything. (laughs) It was kind of demoralizing because I realized, oh, shoot, like I don't have, you know, a stake in this, you know, product it's basically just me making holsters and hoping someone notices me but then as you get making holsters you realize these people are you get those people that are like oh kydex holsters suck i only use leather holsters oh, and boy. you ask them oh wow have you ever tried a kydex holster 
oh yeah, I bought one off Amazon. It was just the most uncomfortable thing. Well, there you go because you bought it off Amazon. Yeah. So you get companies like, and I don't know if you want me to name drop some of the companies, but some of these companies are selling, you know, full Kydex holsters for 20, you know, 15 to $20. Of course, they're going to suck. They're mass manufactured. They're never tested. Retention is terrible. And just the shape of them, you know, you have little bits of Kydex digging into your, you know, if you got any little love handles, you know, you got them digging into you. And it's, of course, it's not going to be comfortable. But if you have a company, you know, like mine or, you know, other of those top tier companies where I actually take the time after I make a holster, I test where it make sure that, you know, nothing digging into your gut, you're going to get a quality product that is essentially, once you get used to it, you're not even going to notice you're wearing it. So are you saying that every holster that somebody buys has been in your pants? Oh yeah. Ball sweat. Okay. (laughs) There you go. That sets your company apart. Now, when people are like, what's the difference between your Kydex company and everybody else's? It doesn't come with Ryan Morrison's ball sweat. Okay. Enough said. I, I drop do, the just, mic. Just as a disclaimer, I do hand wash every holster before it goes out just to make sure that there's no bodily fluids or little Kydex shavings on it. <laughs> uh, and you've actually come out with some really cool designs, which I know you're not making the Kydex, but definitely some really clever stuff that is pretty funny, which. One thing that I kind of laughed about, and we talked about this in the Patreon group, and if you guys aren't familiar with the Patreon group, if you support the show financially, whether it's $3 or as high as somebody actually donates $250 a month. and Is that what it's at? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's come a long way. The show's <laughs> been around for three years. <laughs> and so if you're a Patreon, you get access to the Patreon-only Facebook group and We talk about anything and everything, a lot of times gun-related, gun drama, new products, what we really think that we normally wouldn't put on our personal Facebook pages. But once you're in the group, it's like there's no rules. And so you posted a screenshot where somebody, it wasn't even your holster company, it was somebody else's holster company. And I actually kind of gave you props because you were sticking up for this other holster company, which they probably don't know you from Adam. And yet you were putting your neck out there and some guy was just saying, Oh, why would you want all those colors? Yeah, that sounds like a really great idea, which was so stupid because it was an inside the waistband holster. Who the hell cares if it's hot pink? Not only that, it's, you know, this is the USA. Like, you don't have to care about what other people think or what other people do. Like, it's a free country. Like, why does it matter if someone wants a bright pink, you know, carbon fiber textured holster in their pants? It Mm -hmm. does not matter to you. It's all the consumer. Like, it's personal taste. Yeah, that's true. I had to get on there and then talk some shit and it was kind of (laughs) funny. I do think that the way that you come up with the different, not the colors, but just the coordinations with colors and Kydex, it's pretty fun. When did you actually start this? November of 2020. Yeah, 2020. I was still working my construction job and it got to the point where I would be up at, you know, 530 in the morning. I would start my work day. I would get off about usually 7.30 to 8 o'clock at night, and then spend some time with the wife. The kid is usually already down for bed, so I didn't get to see him the entire day. And then from there, I would go out in the garage, make a couple of the orders I had withstanding, and then go to bed usually around 2 in the morning, and then wake back up at 5. And finally got to this point where I had to come clean with my boss and told him, hey, I can't do this anymore. I just, you know, I'm making more off of holsters than I am working for you. You know, he didn't pay me that great to begin with, but I figured, hey, why completely torture myself when I could just, you know, be my own boss, work from home. You know, I got my shop in my garage, so it worked out perfectly for me. Not so much for him, but, you know, that's not my problem. Yeah. And also having a kid, depending on what state you live in, but even if, let's say, you live in a very affordable state, childcare right now is insane. If you are planning on keeping your job and then you have to pay for childcare on top of that, you might as well just stay home. Yeah, and where I live in Washington, it is about $1,100 a month for uh, childcare. Yeah, it's crazy. So at that point, it just kind of probably made sense for you to quit your job, stay home, become a stay-at-home dad. Hello, this is 2021, okay? Yeah. Your wife went out. She's bringing home the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was actually, uh, at that point, she was working nights as a dispatcher. So you know, it kind of worked out okay. Yeah, It sucked for her because she was up with the kid all day. And then basically taking a small nap and then heading to work at midnight. So wow. I didn't really get to see her for a good you know, three or four months. That's crazy. I'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about SB Tactical. 
SP Tactile, you're familiar, but I know because you're always posting guns with their braces oh, yeah. on it. Which one would you say is your favorite? I've only owned an SBA3. I've played around with all the other, you know, SBA4s and all that, but the SBA3 I love because you don't need a proprietary buffer tube. You can put a mil spec six position on there. It functions the same, but, you know, it keeps you, well, previously within regs of being a AR pistol. Mm hmm. Yeah, I know. SBA3, that's one of my favorite as well. And I think it's it's also the most comfortable. Although I will say that out of all of their braces, you would think, oh, well, man, it'd just be so much better if we could just put a stock. But I think even if there weren't rules and regulations against it, I think I would stick with the SB Tactical braces because they are really comfortable. They're sturdy. There's no movement. They're really easy to operate. I think they're easier to operate than a lot of the stocks on the market. And yeah, the SBA3 is definitely one of my favorite. They're actually going for $169.99. But remember, you're going to use that code GUNFUNNY15. You'll get 15% off. That's at sb-tactical.com. We'll all be happy. Run around with our braces. And yeah, other than that, there's no complaints. Let's talk about how you got this name. Because I was thinking, aren't you half Asian? You have some Asian in you, right? Uh yeah, I'm quarter quarter <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> so I just thought maybe it was I'll play on some Japanese name. <laughs> nope. And we were talking before the show and I told you the meaning and see the running thing for anyone listening is if you can figure out the name, it's an acronym. Four words. You know, if you can figure out what the acronym is, I will give you a free hold. The first person to figure out one person has gotten close, he's figured out three of the four letters. But if you can figure it out, you get a free holster. Until then. It's just going to be sake holsters. And what do they have to do in order to put in their entry for what they think it might stand for? Just message me. I'll either tell you yay or nay. I'll give you that thumbs up or thumb down. You know, and the second someone figures it out, I'll give you a shout out on my social media and just hit me up for details and we'll get a holster going. Okay. And social media is S-A-E-K holsters. Yeah, uh, so Facebook is just Sake Holsters, S-A-E-K Holsters. And then Instagram is S-A-E-K underscore Holsters. And then you'll find me. Okay. All right. Awesome. You guys, definitely get in that because a free holster, that's pretty good. Okay. So you come up with this name. You realize, oh, crap, there's a lot of holster companies. There's a lot of competition. What are some of the other things that you didn't realize that you didn't see coming when you were like, hey, I'm going to have a holster company. This is going to be great. I'm going to be self-employed. I'm going to call the shots. What are a lot of other things that came along with this? Uh, people's taste. I figured, oh, yeah, a lot of people might order, you know, just straight black holsters, maybe black carbon fiber. But, you know, the amount of different patterns I can get, I get a lot of requests. So just this week on, I believe it was Tuesday. I had eight different packages in the mail with different materials for different orders. You know, because it always comes down to, oh, someone orders a custom holster with Deadpool riding a unicorn print. So I'll order some of that material. And then 20 minutes later after I submit the order, oh, someone wants an American flag holster. Like, okay, I'll put that order in. You know, the next morning I'll get two more orders for two different things. And it, it keeps going on like that. So my biggest concern with this is, you know, as I've started ordering doubles of everything that way I have a stock but somehow people manage to order patterns that I never thought anyone would order yeah yeah I'm sure and I feel like now too it's one of those things where it's just cool to have something that nobody else has oh yeah for a while it was no I want everything to match I want all my holsters especially if I'm going to the range and I have my range belt and all my setups I want it all to match and now now dude I'm gonna go for like the funkiest looking whatever holster I just want everything to mismatch and just look like a total shit show on the range because my holsters and my skills better match. <laughs> and then what are some of the other issues that you ran into? Because I'd imagine one thing that comes to mind is I'd imagine you get requests for guns that I don't have the mold for. And yes, so I actually many... just ran into that. You just now? Because I feel like that would be the first thing is, well, sorry, all I could do is shield holsters. We only got shields. And we might have a Glock and that's it. You only have those two choices. Yeah, I've actually, so over the last about month, I have, I'm now up to 37 different molds of guns. I've got all blue gun molds 
And on Monday, somebody hit me up about a Ruger P89. I had never heard of this. Like, this is some obscure Ruger model that was discontinued in 1992. So before I was even born. Right. <laughs> and so they make molds for it. Apparently, it's a popular enough gun that they've made a mold for it. So I ordered that gun. I made the holster, sent it out. He just received it yesterday. And it turns out he no longer owns a Ruger P89. He now owns a Ruger P97DC, which they do not make molds for because it, again, is a very obscure Ruger that nobody makes molds for. So yeah, I'm having to figure out how to get him hooked up with the proper holster. Hmm. That's pretty nice of you. Normally, I would say that I just don't have it. It seems like it's more of a hassle to go through. It is, but being a newer company in the infantile stage, I really want to emphasize customer service, which, you know, I'll continue to do, you know, once, you know, say if I ever do make it big, I do want to emphasize customer service, right? I will do whatever I can to get my product in your pants. Hmm, I like it. That's your motto, basically. Yep. Just put me in your pants. Okay. That's cool. I like it. (laughs) That is something that a lot of people don't think about is you have to have all these molds And then on top of that, and I only know a little bit about holster making. I put together a holster once years ago. You have the molds. And then what people also don't understand is you have to sand it, all the rough edges. And it's not that easy. And you have to really put in some elbow work for it. Yeah, it's a lot of drummel work, a lot of work on the bench grinder, uh, especially if, you know, I get these nice shiny edges. It's about for me to go from a just flat sheet of Kydex and hardware to a finished product. It's about a 20 to 25 minute process for a complete custom holster. But it's that, you know, hand, you know, I don't want to call it handcrafted and sound like some hipster, but it's a lot of, you know, it takes time. I put the elbow work in and I get a product that everyone loves. Yeah, I like it. Changing things up just a little bit. Tell me about the process of making holsters. Obviously, I mentioned you have to sand it, but from start to finish, and I think people think that it might appear a lot easier than it is. Uh, Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine. He came down here because he wanted to learn the holster making process. And he thought like, oh, yeah, you just, you know, heat up the Kydex, wrap the gun in it, take it out, sand it, drill your holes and you're done. It's a little more strenuous than that. So basically, like with you know, with an actual live gun or with one of these blue molds, you start off by, I have to block out all the areas. So where you have like, say your slide release, your mag release, you have to block out those areas because, you know, you obviously can't, because that's a catch point. So when you try to draw that holster out, if it's only molded to that, you know, slide release, that's going to be a point where it snags in the holster and you're not going to get a clean draw. It's going to be tougher. You're going to have to run looser retention, which nobody wants. So I start off by blocking out those areas. Mm-hmm. And then once the gun is prepped for molding, then I heat the Kydex up to 380 degrees. Every holster company, I believe, has their preferred temperature, which they mold it. But I mold mine to 380. Then, you know, depending on what kind of holster I'm making, whether it's like a taco holster or say a panel holster, you know, sidecar rig. So if I'm making a taco holster, I wrap the gun in the Kydex, put it in the thermal molding foam in my press, press it for a good minute and a half to let the kydex kind of cool down to the point where it's still slightly pliable to where i can get that gun mold out but the mold itself won't deform mm-hmm. in the holster and then from there it's just simply cutting to the shape i want which every holster company has a proprietary shape i like the way i do mine i don't know about other companies and then from there it's just sanding it make sure your holes are lined up straight drilling belt clips hardware and then from there you take the uh, molding off of the guns and then you can do your tests for retention. Nice. Thinking about this, it's so important to tape up the areas that obviously you don't want to be molded in the holster. And there's this company that they actually had a storefront here. So I figured they had to have made a decent amount of holsters. And these idiots, it was the HK VP9 that I was having to make Mm -hmm. a holster with. And you know how it has that rail on the bottom. And they molded it to that. And Every time I'm holstering and reholstering, it's rubbing on that. Talk about wear and tear. And I just thought, how dumb. Even I would know to cover that up that you don't want it molded to that railing. It's so funny how, again, going back to you just assume that, oh, these holster companies, well, they have a storefront. They must have so much experience making these holsters. And they've gotten to a point where, wow, they can open a storefront. But even then, don't let the signs fool you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we said in the construction industry, anybody with a truck and a ladder, they can throw a logo on the side of their truck and be a, you know, quote unquote contractor. But it really comes down to the experience. Like the proof is in the pudding. Like if you have a holster that every time you try to draw it, you know, it's pulling your pants up into your crotch, that's a problem. Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Okay. Taking another break to talk about Caldwell. One of the things I think of when I hear the name Caldwell is their lead sled. It's probably what they're most known for, and they're great if you want to really get perfect zero on your rifle, is you can basically lock the rifle down the rest and absorb all the recoil with the rest. It's obviously not something that you're going to take to the field, but at least you know that your gun is zeroed in. There's nothing else. If you miss that shot, it's because of you. It's not because you forgot to zero your gun in. This lead sled is definitely really useful and helpful. And like I said, it absorbs a lot of that recoil. You could always add more bags of lead to soak up that recoil. Something else that I also really love of theirs. In fact, I had an entire pallet of steel targets dropped off at my house a few days ago. I'm so excited. I just have to figure out how I'm going to get it from my house to the range. But that's another dilemma (laughs) for another day. Not today. You work Uh, out. You can do it. Yeah. Okay. I work out. Have I mentioned that I gained the 25 pounds that I lost? (laughs) Uh, You gained it it in muscle. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, you're always posting these really cool videos of you on the range shooting. You should definitely check out their steel targets. It's one of those things where steel pretty much costs an arm and a leg. They've come up with a way to just have really quality, affordable steel targets. And actually, um, all of my quarter size Ipsic targets are Caldwell. Oh, nice. And how have they held up? Oh, other than me being a dumbass and shooting them with like eight millimeter Mauser and stuff and putting holes in them, they've held up great for AR nine mil. You know, within ten yards, I'm shooting them sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they can definitely take a beating. And you're talking about some of the smaller Ipsic targets; they're less than forty dollars. And then on top of that, if you guys head on over to CaldwellShooting.com. With your first order, you can use the code GUNFUNNY10 and you'll get 10% off. And then this is only your first order, so make sure you make it count. But I would definitely recommend check that out because shooting at steel, if you haven't done so, is just so much fun. It's so gratifying. It is. I'm so over shooting paper targets. I need something that requires a lot of effort on my part where I'm like, okay, how am I going to shoot this? Like the Texas Star or something. Or when the rounds hit the steel, it's just such a great sound. There's nothing better, I think. When you're shooting, you know, 600 yards plus where by the time the rifle, you know, get your shot report, it quiets down. Then you yeah. hear that nice little ting. Oh, like, I know. Ooh, ooh. I know. That's I love perfect that. thing to wake up to. Yeah, totally. I'm already getting excited. Like, yeah, let's go out to the range. Oh, yeah. We're still recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what styles of holsters are you offering now? Because I think it was just last week, the Patreons. Come on, Ryan. When are you going to create a holster like this? And uh, All right, let me go to the garage and try to figure out how I'm going to come up with this design. And one thing that was really impressive is you had a working holster within 24 hours. Is this guy on crack? Because me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's still in its infancy stage. It's still being tested. Uh, It'll be out in probably six months. (laughs) In 24 hours. All right, guys, I got it. I got to figure it out. Here you go. Yeah, so that was the sidecar holster. and you know. I feel like the sidecar holster, every company is making them. The market's so awashed with just sidecar, sidecar, sidecar. But, you know, I asked the Patreon group, like, what is something that you want to see more of in the holster world? And basically, it was just unanimously make a sidecar. So I went out to the garage. Within about two hours, I had a working model, not with all the belt clips and stuff that I wanted, just with what I had on hand. Mm-hmm. And then from there, ordered some more stuff made a second version just out of just, you know, the doge material and then Deadpool on a unicorn. And, you know, it's decently comfortable, has a nice draw to it. It's not my preferred style of carry, but then I made the third iteration, which has the J clips, you know, you're running mod wing and it's nice. It works. I feel like I could do a little bit more testing on it, but basically that's just, you know, personal preference for me. And yeah, so it's available. Like if someone wants it, I've already sent off four of them in the last couple of days. So, you know, it's working out pretty good so far. Nice. And what is the cost for those? Uh, starting cost on those is $75 if you just want to do black. Okay. And then from there, the price goes up depending on material. And then you can also pick, you know, since it is a 
two-layer process where there's a front side and a back side where it's riveted together. You can pick, you know, it's I call it the mullet of the uh, holster world where you can pick a color for the front and a color for the back. <laughs> so you can spice it up with the camo in the front to be all cool, but then have some crazy pattern on the back. Yeah, nice. I like it. And then what other designs do you offer? Uh, so, you know, I offer the basic, you know, taco style in waistband, outside the waistband. Outside the waistband, I can also do the drop holster on the chassis with the thigh strap. Uh, I can do panel holsters. I do in waistband, outside the waistband mag carriers. And I'm actually retooling up because I kind of gave up on it. But I'm actually starting up the AR mag carrier line, which is going pretty good so far. Nice. Didn't I get those from you? You made some You from did. You. I did, but those are, so when you asked for them, I started making them. I was making them way too complex. It was kind of too much, so I kind of set it to the side. But now I've simplified it. I made a mold for it, and now it's working pretty good. So, hmm. Well, because um, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with the ones that I got from you. These ones are better. Okay. I should, I'm going to send you a couple more. No, like I said, I'm really happy with the ones that I got from you, and also the turnaround time too. I don't want to jinx you because after the show, everyone's going to be like, hey, Ryan, I need this. I need that. Guys, he sends it out in the same week. It's amazing. This yeah. guy's on crack, but he's not on crack. <laughs> yeah. So if I have all material on hand, my usual turnaround rate is about two hours. So, you know, if, that's depending on volume. Like usually with, I can have it in the mail within 24 hours or the morning of the next business day because, you know, people want holsters. I got to get it to them so I can get their pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Okay, speaking of in your pants, when I first met you, (laughs) I know you're never going to live this down. And actually, some of the newer patrons, they probably don't even know this. Oh, they don't. Okay, when I actually first met you in person, I think this was two weeks after this happened that I actually... Uh, About a a week and a half later. Yeah, that I met you in person. It was the NRA show. And a dog bit you. Yes, it did. A dog bit you in the crotch. Yes, full yeah. mouthful. Yeah, and you had to go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, okay. So for the newer listeners, and has this ever been uh, talked about on when I was on the other two shows? I think we've talked about it before, yeah. but I'm not oh, sure. Well, for the newer Patreons and the newer listeners, so what had happened was I was in a different town. We had had to go out to my wife's dad's place because he passed away. So we're going cleaning up his property. And my wife's mom was there and she brought three of her dogs and her dogs are King Shepherds, which if you don't know what a King Shepherd is, it's like a German Shepherd, but bigger. Average is about 140 to 160 pounds, you know, depending on male or female. So this one was a male. It was only about a year old. So it was only 140 pounds. And I had gone out to my truck to put something in there and grab my gloves. And on the way back, I was walking past her truck. And in her infinite wisdom, she just somehow cannot figure out how to latch the canopy on her truck closed. So as I was walking by, this dog jumped out who, mind you, about an hour prior, I was playing with. We were wrestling around on the ground like I thought was a good dog. Well, it turns out it wasn't a good dog. It's very territorial of that truck and her property. So I was walking past the truck. It jumped out barking. So I immediately squared up like I'm going to beat the ever-loving hell out of you. And it kind of backed off for a second. So I let my guard down, which as a gun owner, never let your guard down. (laughs) And this dog immediately just lunged and got a mouthful of my genitals. (laughs) To say the least, it didn't hurt at first because, you know, the adrenaline's pumping. I immediately started, you know, I punched it as hard as I could in the top of the head and it let go because it probably didn't realize, like, oh shit, that hurt. So I, took my step back. I was in the process of drawing my gun because I was going to shoot this dog. And fastest I've ever seen the woman move, she comes sprinting between me and the dog and grabs it. So, you know, she got a you know human target between me. She's not a threat. Yeah. At least I think. At least I think. Mm-hmm. And so I reholster my pistol and I realize, ouch, I'm in a lot of pain. So I go back to my truck and I go inside the truck and I uh, kind of open up my pants to see what the situation is. And like, okay. And I noticed, oh, there's blood, like a lot of it. So <laughs> I kind of do some further inspection and I realized, oh, I have a hole in each, uh, each of the family jewels. <laughs> so I zip my pants back up. I hobble my way back to the house where my wife is. And I go inside and I say, hey, we need to go to the hospital. Well, why? I said, your mom's dog bit me in the nuts. And mm. she, she thought I was joking at first. So we get in the truck and I had a trailer attached to my truck. So I had to back up about 200 feet of gravel driveway to get back to the road. 
And the closest hospital was about a 28-minute drive away. So by the time we got there, I had bled through my car hearts or through my underwear, through my car hearts and onto my seat of my truck. So we go into the ER and, you know, I take my number, have a seat and I'm still bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Long story short for you guys out there, they cannot stitch your nuts. You have to just have an open wound because if infection gets in there, you're done. Oh man. <laughs> I couldn't even imagine. So to answer the story, uh, my nuts are fine. There's still some scars, but yeah. But you were uh, able to have a kid. I, you were able I, to have a kid, oh, so. Thankfully, she was pregnant before that. So when we start oh. trying for number two, we'll see how that goes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. She was pregnant. And we kept thinking, man, your wife is so nice <laughs> to let you come to yep. the NRA show. And she's pregnant and you just left her there. Uh, she was only like three months pregnant at yeah. that point. Well, she was also probably like, <laughs> what is he going to do? He can't, he can barely even walk. <laughs> Well, you know, I couldn't walk at the NRA show on those VIP parties. The whole trip. I don't know if you remember, but I had one of those stupid scooters that were floating around Indianapolis and I hit a pothole in it. Mind you, yes. a week and a half after this dog. And, you know, I hit that pothole and just rammed the handlebars into my nuts. So that, that, that didn't feel great at all. When are you going to grow up, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was drunk. Don't judge me when I'm drunk. Oh, man. All right. Getting back on track. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So John Snow wants me to ask you, since you've been working on the sidecar holster, although you have a different name for that. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Sloppy seconds. Okay. Now that you've perfected sloppy seconds, when is that going to be available for the FK Bruno? Well, as soon as they make a mold for the FK Bruno, which is probably unlikely because it's a pretty expensive gun. Nobody's going to make a mold for it. But if I can find a mold for it, or if some generous donor would love to donate their gun to Sake Holsters for test and evaluation, I can have it out next day. I think Jon Snow should do that. I think as a good friend, he should just send off his gun. I mean, what are friends some- for? I know, right? Do you have any exciting news to share with us? Anything planned? And then I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you want to offer any sort of discount code or anything like that for people who are listening that want to get a holster? Yeah, I mean, if we want to do like a uh, Gun Funny 10% off, when they message me, just mention that you listen to the show, Gun Funny 10, I'll get you 10% off on a holster. All right, cool, cool. And then what do you guys have planned for the future? Or are you just trying to survive uh, at this point? Uh, no, coming up, we actually have a couple of events. So I'm actually working with a local gun store on getting a UPC line to stock their shelves with some of the, you know, just the basic holsters, just yeah. you know, people can do quick buys. And then... At the end of August, I'm having my first trade show, just a small local one, basically just the county fair, but other vendors will be there. So I'll be setting up a booth there and hopefully have one of my friends work the booth with me so I don't have to talk to five people at once because yeah. you know, not, not really a people person. Ah, but <laughs> yeah, so as soon as that comes, I'll be at the uh, fair and we'll be slinging holsters, hopefully. Nice. And then a year from now, I'm going to talk to you. And dude, remember when you were working out of your garage, you were all excited about your booth that you had at the fair. And now look at you. Yeah, it's just crazy. I know. Do you yeah, want my autograph? That would be the dream. I've written out in my uh, shop here on the uh, whiteboard. I have a set of goals for next year. I've met a couple of them so far, but one of my main goals is to be busy enough to hire yeah. another person. That would be awesome. Guys, just remember, if you want to follow Ryan on social media, it's S-A-E-K Holsters and follow him on Facebook as well. And then moving forward, IWI. If you guys are a fan of the CZ75 single double action, you should check out the Jericho Enhanced from IWI. It's an improved and modernized version of the Jericho 941, which utilizes the CZ-75 recoil system. They're really popular with people who prefer hammer-fired guns. The new Jericho has a newly designed frame without finger grooves and has a modern texture that gives you a good solid grip. It also has a frame safety, which allows for condition one cocked and locked carry or for hammer down double action. MSRP on this is only $559 which most guns aren't selling for MSRP. So it's actually pretty freaking affordable quality option for basically a CZ 75 style pistol. And they really look a lot like a hammer fire version of the Masada, which I've talked about before. And I love the Masada. I think it's a great gun, especially for the money. 
check those out at IWI.us. Don't forget if you see any accessories at the web store, anything you like, remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off your entire order. And that is IWI.us. Now it's time to talk politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. St. Benita's blesses gun owners again. Our absolute favorite judge from California, Roger Benitez, just gave another awesome ruling on the Second Amendment case. Judge Benitez is the same judge who ruled against California's magazine ban and the requirement of background checks for ammunition sales, both of which have been stayed and are going in blank reviews with larger panels. In the case Miller v. Benita, formerly Bracera, Judge Benitez ruled that California's quote-unquote assault weapon ban is unconstitutional, as we all know, and he wrote a very lengthy ruling as to why. In his opening paragraph, Judge Benitez observed, Like the Swiss Army knife, the popular AR-15 rifle is a perfect combination of home defense weapon and homeland defense equipment. Good for both home and battle. The AR-15 is the kind of versatile gun that lies at the intersection of the kinds of firearm protected under District of Columbia versus Heller, 554 U.S. uh, 570, 2008, and United States versus Miller, 307 U.S. 174, 1939. Yet the state of California makes it a crime to have an AR-15 type rifle. Therefore, this court declares the California statutes to be unconstitutional. Additionally, he observed that modern rifles are popular, modern rifles are legal to build, buy, and own under federal law and the laws of 45 states. Popular use in a key point in the legal challenges like this since the ruling affects the property of so many people. Another great point that he made in this ruling is that California's ban on such firearms, quote, has had no effect on shootings in the state compared to others and that California's experiment is a failure. The most important thing for anyone out in California to know, this ruling includes a 30-day automatic stay, so don't go trying to recover things that you lost, quote unquote, in a boating accident. The state has already vowed to appeal the decision, which in Blanc review will almost certainly be granted, which would take at least a year. However, right now with the first Second Amendment case in a decade finally on the Supreme Court's docket, This case, along with others from Benitez, will likely remain stay until the Supreme Court issues a ruling on New York Rifle and Pistol Association versus Corlett. How the Supreme Court rules in this case, which covers the right to carry in New York, will be a litmus test of rulings to come in these cases. This is definitely a huge win, which sets legal precedents, but there's still quite a bit to work on. Man, I just wish I could meet judge Benitez and just give him a high five and tell him to keep up the good work because he's really killing it in California. Yeah. I mean, I would love to buy the guy a beer. Hell, I'd buy him 12. Yeah. Buy him a whole 32 bomb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I wouldn't even go cheap on PBR or anything. I'd buy him the expensive stuff. Hey, hey, what's wrong with PBR? (laughs) Other than the fact that I haven't had it in years. Some of us have (laughs) grow it. Some of us don't, I guess. (laughs) Not me. All right. Manicore Arms. If you're looking for a nice lightweight foreign for an AR right now, you should definitely check out the Transformer Rail for Manicore Arms. It's one of my personal favorites. It's super lightweight, incredibly sturdy, but one of the coolest things about it is that you can change out the panels so that you can have an M-Lock, a key mod, rails, rail scales, you name it. Its options are endless because how many times do you buy an accessory and ah, this fits an M-Lock, but this one fits a Picatinny rail? This is kind of great because you don't have to keep updating with the latest and greatest, whatever they come out with. It's basically future proof. And right now they have the 13 inch and the 15 inch models are in stock. You're looking at $155 or $165. But remember, you're going to use that code AVARROCKS15. That gets you 15% off your entire order. And that is at manicorearms.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. 
Today's question is, I've heard some optic-ready pistols come with plastic adapter plates now and that you shouldn't get them because they could break or not hold zero. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, you would think that a company that's putting out these products would do a lot of test and evaluation on something that, you know, it's kind of an important factor for running your pistol as you want it set up. So I think, you know, if a company, I believe the pistol in question was a Smith & Wesson. And I know Smith & Wesson, they do great on their test and evaluation and their quality control. So I would assume that this plastic plate is, you know, it's not going to be a failure point. Yeah, I would agree with that. They're not really plastic. They're actually a dense polymer. It's actually more dense than the frame that the pistols are made out of with these polymer pistol frames. So it's definitely a lot tougher than you think. I've got several guns that have them and I've not had any trouble with them holding zero, even if I put a ton of rounds through them. If you think about it, the plates are just a spacer to fit the different red dots and to hold them in place with the proper alignment. The polymer is pretty much impossible to damage, even if you seriously over torque the mounting screws on your red dot. I would say you really don't have anything to worry about, especially with modern day polymers. It's really pretty ideal and it's lightweight. It's just a good alternative, I think. And then on top of that, best is you're not being charged an extra $100 per plate because these are a lot more affordable to make. I would say totally fine. Yeah, I would imagine too with a plastic mounting plate, like say if you had a metal mounting plate that, you know, from an engineering standpoint, which I don't have an engineering degree, I just love engineering. But I put together a holster one time, so I'm basically an engineer. (laughs) Well, with a uh, plastic mount, say you have a hard mount, a metal one, that's going to transfer every bit of force. Every time you fire that gun, all that force is going to be going to your optics. I would imagine that a plastic, even though it is a dense polymer, it's going to help absorb some of that vibration, some of that power, and you know it's going to be less strenuous on whatever optic you run. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. I'm big brain. Yeah, I guess so. Here I am just trying to keep my plants alive. And you're over here thinking about different plastics and metals, and I got to up my game. (laughs) Have you had a chance to get your hands on any primary arms optics? I haven't, but I have some friends that run primary arms. I I really enjoy them, like especially the low power variable optics, the glass clarity. You know, it's it isn't obviously not as going to be as great as say you know some of the top tier like Night Force and all that. But you know, for the price point they are, they have great clarity. You're never going to have a problem with you know out of focus or you know you can't identify targets out of extended ranges. It's great. Yeah, I agree. And they make all kinds, so they obviously have all price points and. The higher you go, I don't want to say the better quality because I don't think that that's always the case. It really just depends what you're using it for. But Mm -hmm. they definitely, in comparison, as far as quality goes, they have definitely killed it as far as offering a great quality product for much less than competitors. And I would say if you're looking for a good optic for your AR right now, you should check out the SL 18. It's really versatile with the variability from 1x to 8x so that you can use it close or at long range. It's really a perfect optic if you're wanting to get into three gun. It's got the ACSS reticle for the 5.56, and an illuminated reticle, which has hold points out to 800 yards. And it's only $389.99 and you get a ton of features for what you pay for. I've tried out several primary arms optics now, and I've just been really impressed. I actually have quite a few that I just got that are sitting in a box that I need to put on guns. And I'm really excited to see how those do as well. But if you guys want to check that out or any other primary arms optic, remember, use the code AVA, A-V-A, and you will get a free scope mount with each primary arms optic. And that is at primaryarms.com. Today's Attack Detox. Tactic Talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So AFT, oh man, for a second there I thought I read it wrong, but I didn't. (laughs) Oh my God, did I just pull a Joe Biden? (laughs) Come on, man. Oh man, all right. AFT declares war on braces. (laughs) 
Last week, the ATF released their proposed rule on pistol braces and their model red flag laws. The attorney general signed the proposed rule right away, and it's currently being entered into the federal registrar. What they have proposed is even more catch-all and restrictive than any proposed previously. And while they have created, quote, guidelines for determining if a brace is legal, it is, again, so arbitrary that basically every brace could be construed as an illegal SBR. Additionally, they've added a bunch of other details to catch many more guns as being illegal SBRs. A pistol would have a maximum length of 26 inches. This would mean an AR-15 pistol with a barrel longer than 7 inches would be an illegal SBR, regardless of any other features. Length of pull would have to be under 13.5 inches, which the ATF has a long track record of measuring incorrectly. They have created a worksheet that is so laughable, arbitrary in its definition of how points are assigned. It's clear their goal is to ensure that every single pistol with a brace can be declared an illegal SBR, while giving people yeah. who know nothing of the appearance that they're trying to make is clear for us. In their worksheet, anything accumulating four or more points would be declared illegal. If it's adjustable, that's an automatic two points. Folding adds a point. Are you kidding me? Without having an arm strap adds two points. If it doesn't fully wrap around the arm, that adds another two points. How closely it resembles a stock design can add an additional two points. And presence of a hand stop adds two points. Any kind of secondary grip adds four points. A sight or scope where eye relief doesn't match the single-handed fire would add another four points. It's basically impossible for anything other than a Gen 1 non-adjustable brace with zero accessories, no sights, and a barrel no longer than seven inches to be legal the way that this atrocious worksheet is written. In this proposal, they don't even propose the carrot of free registration. The criminals running ATF and the DOJ are going straight to turn it in, aka gun confiscation, or pay the $200 for the SVR tax stamp. How freaking BS. This is completely like, this is completely identify and procure. So this is, you know, oh, you don't want to take a gun taken away. Most, like a lot of people, I'm assuming, are going to register their guns like dumbasses. And it's going to turn into, oh, yeah, we just made AR pistols illegal. Now we know where you live. Let's round them up. Yeah, no kidding. I know. This went live in the registrar on Thursday. So everyone needs to go comment. We need everyone to voice their opposition in this. We've seen in the past, there's a lot of power in numbers. Definitely don't hesitate. Don't think, oh, well, if I sign this, well, now they're going to know my beliefs. Guys, if you're so concerned about that, live off the grid because chances are they already know enough about you. We definitely need to take a stand and tell ATF how freaking ridiculous this is because literally with a stroke of a pen, they could be making millions of people criminals overnight. And I just read that whole sheet of qualifications that would make it basically illegal. And let's face it, these qualifications, pretty much every gun has. Definitely wake up, take action. And don't just assume that it's not going to happen. Yeah, at this point, just go for the high score. Yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> Let's just look at this as a game. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you got seven points. Well, guess what? I'm going to get all of the points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. And guys, if you're not sure how to take action, there is a link in the show notes. Just click on that link. It brings you directly to that page. Like I said, don't sit back. Take action. We need it. It's going to take everybody. There's you, you can't sit back and expect other people to fight for your rights. You yeah. have to go comment, keep it clean, be professional. Don't let them win. Yeah. Bam. Drop that mic. GPS bags. They're one of our newest advertisers. I got to say, man. I had a GPS bag years ago that I got from Brownells and I wasn't really in love with it. I felt like it was bulky. It didn't hold enough. It held four pistols and that was about it. They have upped their game. Some of these range bags, I love it because they have these little cradles that hold your guns. You can fit all the guns. You don't have to put each gun in an individual gun case, the little pistol case. And then in your range bag, they fit directly in there. There's things that hold your magazine. I just recently got a rifle case that holds, I think, three or four rifles in the same bag. 
on the outside, you can put pistols. I am so impressed with how they've designed these bags, the quality. You're looking at about two, $300 a bag, which isn't cheap. But in this situation, I would say that you really do get what you pay for. And especially with range bags, how many range bags have you had that fall apart? It takes some time, but once your gun's in it, that's really the only thing that you care about protecting. So you're not really babying your range bag. It's getting thrown in the backseat of your car or thrown on the range table or it's in the dirt. They definitely take a beating. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into this bag because I'm still running just this voodoo tactical range bag I've had for a couple of years. And other than places to put your rifles, there's no pistol areas. So I literally just throw pistols in there. They get banged around in there. So I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. And then also, I never, ever go to the range with just one gun. I'm always bringing a yeah, ton oh, of guns. I, why, why would you go with one yeah, gun? That's boring. No kidding. Unless you just got into guns. Yeah. I'm bringing all my babies. I can't just leave any behind. As a result, my entire car is filled with range bags, but GPS has really found a way to minimize the amount of bags that you have to bring because you fit so many guns in one bag. Definitely check it out. You can go to goutdoorsproducts.com or you could always Google GPS bags, not GPS, but just GPS range bags. But once you come to this website, and again, it's in the show notes, if you use the code GUNFUNNY20, you will actually get 20% off, which is really generous. And again, that is at goutdoorsproducts.com. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Chicken nuggie sold for how much? Remember how crazy it was when a single pack of McDonald's popular Szechuan sauce, which had been discontinued, sold for $14,000 on eBay? Which, no, I don't remember this. When was this? Was I even born? I didn't even know that they had Szechuan sauce. They did. And then when the season one or season two of Rick and Morty came out, they mentioned it and McDonald's basically peer pressured into uh, coming back out with the Szechuan sauce, which I never got to try because the second it came out, I went to my local McDonald's, which is right down the road. And like, oh, sorry, we're out of stock. Like, How are you out of stock? Did you not expect this to be busy? Right. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. I guess maybe now that I'm thinking back, maybe I do remember them having this sauce, but I'm not really a big McDonald's fan. I'll eat fast food. I shouldn't. But now at this point, if I eat fast food, it's because they're Chick-fil-A. Like I can somehow justify, but huh. <laughs> okay. A packet of Szechuan sauce. Why can't I say that? Szechuan. 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 Yeah. Leave it to the Asian over here. And now I'm going to oh, get- go, yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to get emails, Asian hate. (laughs) Nah, nah. Oh, hello, please. It's it's a short sauce. (laughs) Okay, apparently it sold for $14,000 on eBay. Well, a single chicken nugget just sold on eBay for almost $100,000. How? How? Why? Okay, so the nugget happened to be in the shape of a character from the mystery video game Among Us. Oh, my God. And I've never even heard of that video game, but I'm not big on video games. It's it's like a mobile game or computer game you can play. It's kind of fun, but after about two days, it's just like, okay, this is dumb. Well, my editor wrote, a lot of us have never played the game, but we've all seen the memes of the little suited character. I don't even know if I've seen these memes. Uh, Well, that's uh, that's where that term came from. You're acting pretty sus. Oh. Because on the game, in the chat, like you don't have a lot of time to... uh, like type out full words. That's yeah. where that when someone says you're acting sus- like you know yeah. green is acting suspicious. Say oh green's acting sus. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's where it, I just I just really liked the name sus. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Man, now I feel like an idiot. I've been using this slang and I don't even know where it derived from. <laughs> well, I guess this nugget it has two legs just like them and. Even a bump on the back that looks like the backpack portion of the spacesuit the character wears. The Among Us shaped nugget was originally listed for 99 cents and was around 34,000 when the Among Us Twitter saw it and posted it. After 184 bids, the nugget sold for $99,997. That is freaking insane. The only thing I keep thinking is, do these idiots realize it's food and it's going to go bad? But then I'm reminded, it's oh, McDonald's. It's, it's McDonald's. <laughs> so no, it's not. They'll literally be able to put it in like a little shadow box and it's going to stay for years to come. Actually, did you know that McDonald's chicken nuggets are made by Tyson? 
Tyson is one of those things I don't eat. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is, and it's made with non-antibiotic raised chickens. Really? Yeah. It's actually they're not terrible. No, there's no way. No, they are. I promise Didn't, you. It, well, did you ever watch? It was some sort of I don't know some sort of documentary where some guys he takes an entire chicken, basically grinds it up, puts it in some food processor, and then puts a bunch of spices and salt and whatever, and then fries it. And that's basically what a McDonald's chicken nugget is. Yeah, that was the rumor. So but. I don't even think it's a rumor because look at when you take a bite of a chicken nugget, McDonald's chicken nugget, it does not look like any sort of meat. It looks like it's it, a meat puree. Yeah, well, that's the problem. It's probably an entire chicken pureed, fried and served in. Okay. I'm just telling you what I've researched. It's just Tyson chicken nuggets. Okay. Well, just because they say that the chicken wasn't given antibiotics does not mean that you're not eating bones <laughs> and beak and chicken feet in your chicken nuggets. All right, Ava, back on subject. <laughs> I'm just saying it's just not healthy. And guarantee <laughs> this chicken nugget that this guy just paid 100000 for, it's not going to get moldy. And you know what? I'm going to end it by saying this whole thing kind of sounds a little sus, if you know what I'm saying. Hey iTunes reviews. So I don't know if somebody just wrote five stars and they didn't write anything, which that's what it seems like. They just gave me five stars without saying anything, which is cool. Better than nothing. And then the second guy is by Edged91. Great podcast, five stars. This is my favorite podcast right now. I'm on episode 159 and started with 194. So only 158 to go. Operator Tickles is awesome. Man, I feel bad for this guy because little does he know the episodes in the beginning were kind of crappy. So I feel like it's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah, I caught up from episode one where your first episode, you had your dad as a guest and it has immensely improved since then. Oh, I can, God, it's you know. improved yeah. <laughs> so much. It's improved. And then I got rid of my anchor co-host. So that was nice. Uh, yeah. And now I might have some big news on episode 200. I'll leave it at that. But I don't know. I feel like the show has definitely come a long way. I definitely feel comfortable recording the show by myself. And sometimes I feel like, man, if you don't have to have a co-host, why would you? But yeah. it has well, its pros I was actually kind of, I was actually kind of bummed out because when you said, oh, do you want to be on the show? I was like, yeah. And then I got the show and it's like episode 198. Oh, man, if it just been two more weeks, I could have been episode 200. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really know what I'm going to do for episode 200. And I might have a big announcement. I may not. I'm sitting on it still. But other than that, I don't know. What do you think I should do for the 200th episode? Um, like, people don't well, realize. Recall, I think it was episode 100, we did a Patreon episode where we had, you know, like me, Tate, uh, no. Josh, a couple others. No, we actually didn't do that for the Patreon episode. I brought back some guests from the previous oh, 100 that's episodes. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. And it didn't really go as well as I'd planned. It wasn't great. So yeah. I might I mean, have to. I feel to, like the Patreon episode did pretty good. Yeah. I actually might do that. I might just have all the patrons come on or whoever can manage to come on. We just have one big party. Maybe we just talk the entire time. We don't have a typical format and maybe we drink, we get trashed. I don't know. It should be a party. 200 episodes. People don't realize, but this has taken me over three years. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is, that's almost like if you divvy it up, you know, 52 weeks in a year, if you did one episode a week. Granted, you didn't start at the very beginning of the first year, but I mean, that's actually like if you look at the number, that's almost four years. You're just shy of Maybe four it, years worth of episodes. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it has been four years. I got to look back to see when I started the show. It's been a while, though. Yeah, it's not like it just came overnight. Okay, so uh, I want you to pick a lucky winner, Mr. Well, five obviously, stars. it's the one with a name. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Five Stars. We really appreciate it. It was really sweet of you. And guys, if you only want to leave five stars, it's still appreciated. Please do so. It really helps me out. And Edge91, contact me. I have a prize to send out. Actually, I if this isn't enough reason to write a review, but Crimson Trace, they're going to send out a box of some cool stuff. And they asked if I'll do a giveaway. So I might do a giveaway for the iTunes oh. review. Yeah. Or maybe I should Not do it to for mention my... the uh, the primary arms giveaway that's happening today after yeah, recording this. It is. Although when this comes out, we would have already picked a winner. But I am doing yes. a giveaway on my Ava Flanell Instagram with the lockdown secure pucks. I'm giving away ten pucks, and those things are pretty cool. 
They're each worth $110 and I'm giving 10 of those away. Yeah, just another reason to head on over to my Instagram to win. Just look for the original post. All you have to do is follow me, follow Lockdown Secured and tag two people and you can enter as much as you want. And it is time to wrap up. Guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. If you want to become a patron, join us for the 200th episode. All you have to do is go to gunfunny.com, click on the support us link, make a donation. You'll have access to our Facebook patron only group. Lots of fun. And you'll see the real side of me, which is normally kind of bitchy. I usually post screenshots of people hitting on me <laughs> and we laugh. At hey, them. hey, hey, you're not you're not supposed to show your crazy until you get them in. Exactly. Well, I'm just letting them know. I'm giving them something to look forward <laughs> to because some guys like crazy girls, okay? Gosh, Ryan. Sure. <laughs> Uh, All right, guys. Well, I also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison. Hey, we know that guy. Hey, hello. Justin Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, and Melissa Writings, and Jon Snow, still the king of the Patreons. He wants me to say, what's the last thing you hear before Operator Tickles bites you? No one knows because dead men don't tell tales. So, Ryan, you got to be happy that at least it wasn't Operator Tickles that bit you because you're still here with us, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. Good God. I know. And we pray that you can have a second child. I don't know. I don't know. After having one, it's kind of like, oh, maybe one and done. Oh, I know. Like that one time when I had a cat for four days. Yeah, that was fun. I'll never, ever forget those four days, but I never want a cat again. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, Ryan, thanks so much for joining. Once again, guys, if you want to receive 10% off your holster order, just head on over to social media and search for Sake Holsters, S-A-E-K Holsters, and head up Ryan, tell him that you heard about him on the show. Go ahead and follow him. We all know it's hard to start a business. And Ryan's just definitely one of those guys that I really look up to. I think you have really great worth ethic. Oh, man, I can barely even say ethic. But I don't have the best ethic myself. But when I see ethic, I recognize it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you want to head over to Instagram, it is S-A-E-K underscore holsters. And then Facebook is just, you know, say holsters, S-A-E-K holsters. And yeah, so on my Instagram right now, we're doing road to 150. So if I get to 150 followers, you know, you go on there, like the page and then comment, tag a buddy, you know, unlimited entries. So at the uh, 150 mark, I will randomly select a, you know, one comment. And then that comment, the commenter and the person they tag will get a free holster. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, guys, we're out of here. All right. Thanks for having me. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.